All right, Eric, good morning. Good morning. It is Saturday morning. Is that right? Saturday, November 27th. Time's a little bit weird for me right now. One <laughs> twenty-seven p.m. Still morning for us. Yeah, we're in the middle of our Jeff Rotenstock weekend. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this for months and months. We got these tickets back, what, in June, July? Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, and... So this is the intro this is the intro to the entire weekend series. This is the first thing people are going to hear. So we've been hinting I think uh, over the last few months like hey we got to figure out something to do when Jeff comes to town. If you've been listening this whole time and you've made it this deep into our podcast, you know we're devout Jeff Rosenstock fans. <laughs> yeah, it's no kind surprise. of baked into our premise. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, all right, what are we going to do for this? I and we thought, like, why don't we record and document the whole experience for the podcast? We'll still do some Adventure Time stuff, but let's, let's like, invite... The, the fun of a podcast is, like, you're supposed to be hanging out with us and we're doing it. So why don't we invite more people in the whole vibe and be like, if you were hanging out with the Adventure Guys going to the concert to see our favorite artist, what would it be like? And this is the result. Yeah, so we're still reviewing an episode of Adventure Time. Yes. Uh, we're still sticking to our format, but it's just going to present itself in a much more wildly chaotic <laughs> form for this this series of episodes. We're going to split it. Yeah. So what you're about to hear is part one of our Jeff Weekend. Yeah. And so last night we went to Ska Dream where he performed the the album Scott Dream. If you're uninitiated, first off, go listen to No Dream, his new album, so you get a basis. It's one of my favorite punk albums ever under the umbrella. It's yes. it's literally incredible. It's so... I love it. <laughs> I, don't, I hate using literally like that, so I stopped myself as <laughs> soon as I said it. I was like, what is this? Uh? But it's great. And then a couple months later, out of nowhere, he dropped an entire ska version of it. And... I don't want to like spoil. I mean, obviously we we're into the idea. I think we talked about it on a previous <laughs> episode and we went to the show and you'll hear the result. I can't wait to hear the result myself. Cause right now it's just a bunch of iPhone recordings. Yeah. It, it got pretty wild. We're just basically recording into our iPhones as we're walking through the streets of Brooklyn with all of the ambient noises, uh, that are intrinsic to our environment and then when we get to the show, there's just a bunch of other crazy Jeff fans that we're talking to. Uh, hopefully, we're going to stitch this together into some semi-coherent podcast. Yeah, yeah. We had we saw friends. We met people at the show for the first time. Fellow musicians. Um, it was great. The whole thing was just a pretty magical evening. So I'm really glad that we followed through and documented it. Yeah. Uh, if you are listening to us for the first time, what's about to happen is very atypical of our podcast. Uh, usually we are very well produced, very studio centric, uh, but this is just our little warning. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's one of the prides of the podcast is the audio quality, which is why I'm glad that we're actually doing this right now to set the tone. Uh, and this is not going to be about audio quality, but it is going to be about fun and vibe. So, yeah. So part one of our review of Incendium, the Adventure Time episode, season three, episode 26, uh, will happen during the Jeff Rosenstock Scott Dream Night. And we'll split that off into its own Adventure Guys podcast. And then shortly thereafter, you'll hear what we're going to experience tonight at the No Dream second Jeff show in Brooklyn. Yeah. So, so stay tuned, dive in. I hope you're having fun. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Although this is coming out weeks afterwards, but uh, <laughs> that's my state of mind. Uh, love you guys. All right. Peace out. Peace. Got a little messed up. But... Okay. So we are leaving my house, Nick Harvey adventure guys. Wait, we're going to do this like a regular episode, right? Uh, yeah. Sure. So, play that theme song. Adventure <laughs> <laughs> <Picture>, guys. <laughs> Adventure guys. Adventure guys. Now it's time for Adventure guys. Oh. Uh, 
right, welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I am Nick the Human, and we are currently walking down Franklin Street in Greenpoint. Ooh, it's windy. <laughs> I bet you can hear that. Um, yeah, and you can hear all the sounds of the street because we've been hinting at this for a while, but uh, it's our big night. We're going to see Jeff Rosenstock perform Sky Dream at Warsaw. Yep, we are here live in Brooklyn. Well, not live to you, but live to us. Live to us. <laughs> I suppose it's always live to us. <laughs> yeah, so... Live in Brooklyn, baby. Obviously, Jeff has been such a fixture. It's like, let's just document the evening. Like, nothing's more adventure, guys, than this. So, tonight at the show, we're going to see some buds. We're on our way, actually, to meet up for dinner with some friends and a listener of the podcast. We have some fans in town. So, the next two nights are going to be great. I'm very excited, Eric. This is like feels like a very full circle moment for the show to be doing this right now yeah uh well i guess at this point even though it's still in our future we can say that we are going to interview one of the most special guests that we could possibly get for adventure guys yeah i want to say i i can't even it's insane i can't believe that this happened but we threw out an email knowing these shows were coming up to jeff rosenstock's team humbly asking if we could interview jeff and i was thinking left this is a quieter street ask if we could interview jeff and i in my email i even noted that we're still a, a building podcast and this isn't the normal sort of thing someone like him would do but let's do it uh, if, if he's down, and we got an email back pretty pretty fast saying, yeah, Jeff is down. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're interviewing Jeff Rosenstock tomorrow well, at the No Dream Show. As well as some of the members of the Death Rosenstock band, Kevin Higuchi and John Dominici. Yes, which, I mean, I, some of our favorite musicians. And I think that interviewing John and Kevin could be just as fun because we got some context for all of their experience of Venture Time going into tomorrow's interview. And Jeff has seen up through season four, but John and Kevin haven't seen any of it. <laughs> but they still want to do the interview. Yeah, which makes me really excited. It's like where we're figuring out where we're gonna go with it. We have some ideas. I'm interested to see where they take it. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give them the open floor to talk about what they know about the show and cartoons in general. So Yeah, so that's coming up. You can look forward to that. Uh, hopefully, we'll be checking in with some of our ska friends throughout the weekend as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. This is for uh, Kelsey, our fan who loves the ska talk. <laughs> we're going, we're doubling down tonight. This is the most ska episode of Adventure Guys ever, and maybe that ever will happen. <laughs> Live at a ska dream, Jeff Rosenstock show. I don't think we can top the amount of ska that's going to happen. I know. When when Scott Dream dropped, I was looking back through our episodes and we had a huge discussion about it <laughs> when that came out. That might have been the episode that set off some of the ska hate, but I am I am so excited to see Jeff do this. I saw ASOB a long time ago, but he hasn't really been doing the ska thing in a while and we know that they can do it. And Kevin Higuchi, Bruce Lee band member, right? Yeah. So we know he can drum the shit out of ska, which to me is some of the most... One of the most important members of a ska band is like holding down the goddamn groove. Honestly, one of my favorite parts of ska dream is the drums. Yeah, I think I think we might have talked about this with Sean actually, but like the stylistic changes from like micro subgenre ska to like other like parts of the ska world over the last like seventy years of ska, like Kevin just nails the stylistic shifts, just on a dime. He's going punk, then you know third wave, then traditional kind of. One drop stuff. Yeah. Man, the drums on an album are insane. Insane. I, He's an amazing... I was watching, in preparation for the show, a bunch of Jeff Live videos revisiting the uh, catalog. Kevin fucking rips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so does John, man. John's hilarious presence in all of the uh, Jeff-related projects <laughs> in ASOB and, and Bomb. But, dude, he's got... He rips, too, man. He's... No slouch. I know. I always appreciate how melodic his playing is, especially in Scott, which is like a weird genre to be a bass player in, because you're kind of expected to do Windy. some certain things, and you have to kind of color inside the lines a lot of times. Uh, it can get easy to be a boring Scott bass player. Yeah. 
You just be walking the whole time. But he, yeah. he's, he gets, like, melodies going in there. Yeah. Inside of his playing. And then they also have, in the band, a ska legend who has not been doing any ska. Dan P. <laughs> um, I love Dan Podass. Yeah. I got to spend a 45-minute car ride to the airport with Dan one time. Oh, hell yeah. I wonder if he remembers, because I'm sure he's been given many... Many a ride to the airport in his day. But it was after a show he played in Dallas one time a few years ago. And uh, we got to <laughs> hang out in traffic. Yeah. All right. We're now we just we're on Greenpoint Ave. This is a Temkins bar. It's a good, that could be a good post show spot. I've friends that hang out there. All right. It took a, it took a right here. Uh, so we're we're headed into if you <laughs> it is weird broadcasting so much about the neighborhood that I live in <laughs> to just random folks on the internet. Uh, <laughs> I've been pretty upfront saying that we're we're in Brooklyn and, and in Greenpoint, but uh, you know there's a couple different zones in Greenpoint. There's the the upper zone on Franklin all, as you go towards like the bridge and. And there's the Nassau zone. There's a bunch of Calexico, Pony Boy, and then there's on the other side of Nassau, the other side of McGinnis is kind of like the McGorlick Park part, which is where we're headed right now. And it's kind of where we're at Warsaw is. Have you ever been to Warsaw? I've never been to a show of Warsaw. It's great. It's it, I wouldn't say it's necessarily great across the board venue. <laughs> But it's perfect for a show like Ska Dream or a Jeff show because it, it's an old Polish, like, rec hall that they've just converted into a concert venue. You'll, you'll see what it means. We can, we can describe it when we – the scene when we're in there. But it's, like, nothing fancy. It's, it's literally like it was probably built so long ago in, like, the 50s or 60s and never updated. They just put in a legit sound system and the bar they only – I think they only take cash. There's a lot of Polish beers. Everyone who works there is Polish. Um, it feels like a good neighborhood establishment. But it's like you're seeing a, a show in a large gymnasium or VFW hall or something. Yeah. Jeff has been playing this venue for a while. Uh, but, I mean, it's, what, the 900 cap? When did yeah. he start doing shows there? I believe – I Sean and I saw ASOB do a re, the reunion show there in, like, 2011 or 12 or something. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what I remember from being, like, right after I had moved to Texas and couldn't make it to all the New York shows anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I remember they put that show up, and we were like, I can't believe ASOB's going to play the Warsaw. Like, there's no way they'll saw. And then they did, and they added another show. And I think that was the first time I remember feeling like... There's <laughs> a UPS guy just hauling it down a side street. First time I felt like Jeff, I was like, whoa, it's, like, happening. And then I saw bomb after that to like 250 people in Brooklyn somewhere and then the last bomb shows were at uh, Warsaw I went to the last show yeah I saw the last bomb show in Dallas at this place called Club Dada which is a really weird venue uh, very small but also like not the typical venue in like the punk circle down there um, I mean you know nearby a lot of the punk clubs but not one that like was known for legendary punk shows at the time anyway weird sound uh i think since then jeff has been playing trees in dallas is sort of the uh the regular venue which is across the street from like three links which is kind of the holophonics home venue yeah sorry i'm distracted eric because we're going to meet for dinner with a few friends before the show. One of which is joining us, one of which is going to see Kevin Devine at Bar Ballroom, and they both got there early. So I'm like, hey, go find each other and hang out. Um, I, did you ever listen to Kevin Devine? Uh, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. <laughs> He's pretty tight. It's one of those things that I'm, I, I, I might have in passing. Yeah, you know, I threw them in the bucket there were brand new used to tour and only take out like kevin devine manchester orchestra and the front bottoms i felt like and i just like lumped all those bands in together as like junior brand new but uh 
and just like kind of never listened to them because I wasn't that into brand new. But then in my own time, I end up ended up loving each of those like through different avenues by pe- basically people being like, yo, you need to listen to X band. <laughs> uh, and they're all good. Kevin Vine has some good records. Bubble Gun's my, my favorite. Cool. Um, should we, should we pause now until we get to dinner? Uh, well, at some point we're going to have to work in our episode analysis. Oh yeah. So I guess we can roll the episode discussion theme. <laughs> yeah. Play, play the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, which episode are we doing, Eric? Uh, so we watched season three, episode 26, the season three finale, Incendium. Yeah, and we we, we, cho- we tried to pick a, a notable episode. Well, we did randomize, randomly pick it, as you heard in the last one. But we, we were trying to pick something within the first four seasons just in case Jeff remembers it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we're going to bring that up, but uh, maybe we can. Uh, very fun episode. Very Jake-centric episode. Yeah. Finn's being a little bit weird, a little uncomfortable. I was worried because we saw the description of this episode, which is that Finn is kind of turned down by Princess Bubblegum pretty much once and for all, pretty definitively, and he's heartbroken about it. And we did that one episode where he was being a jerk to Flame Princess later on. And I was worried we were going to get more gross, uh, hurt Finn, just doing bad stuff. But he, he's really immobile in this whole episode, just being heartbroken. Yeah, this is the introduction of Flame Princess, I'm pretty sure. First time we see her in the series. Yeah. They do a whole three seasons without Flame Princess. Yeah. So I guess season four, she really comes to life. And that's actually an, an area of the show that is a blind spot for me. I have a few of those, but I guess I've just never seen a whole lot of season four or when Finn and Flame Princess are together. So I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah, I think at this point, uh, the episode, what was missing, that was what, season three, episode 10, if I'm correct? Yeah. Uh, we're already getting an intimation of Princess Bubblegum and Marceline as an item. So harping on the whole Finn has a crush on PB storyline seems a little exhausting at this point, you know, three seasons in. Uh, I think they're just trying to freshen it up and give him a new love interest. Yeah, basically let's, and let's end this. I'm glad that they kind of went dead on straight on with this trope. We're talking about this on something else where it's like they didn't waste time drawing out the Finn Princess Bubblegum thing into some sort of Ross and Rachel entirety of the of the show, which would have just been a drag. Yeah. By the way, did you ever watch that show? What was, I think it was called Episodes. No. What's that? It, oh, uh, is that with uh, Joey from Friends? Yeah. Is he funny? Like actually funny? Matt LeBlanc. He is. He okay. is. He's. He's a. You know. He's a little bit more of a dick. Uh, which suits him, I think. Making sure that we're going to the right. Oh, we have to keep going. Another block. <laughs> we turned early. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I learned some Friends trivia this week. Sorry, non sequitur. I want to know more about episodes. But that in the early seasons, Chandler was written a lot by Bill Lawrence, who is famous showcase. He just created Ted Lasso. He was the creator huh. of Scrubs and lead writer Cougar Town. Um, and a bunch of other shit. He's just like one of the most prolific figures in television comedy. And like the first season, his sensibility, I guess, aligned with Chandler and he kind of helped craft his thing with dressing. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, oh, what's the guy's name again? Chandler? Uh, Matt? Uh, Perry. Perry, yeah. Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Matt LeBlanc. Oh. I had another good Matthew Perry <laughs> story. Sure, let's play Matthew Perry. Okay, uh, Norm McDonald, obviously, rest in peace. After he passed, I was watching all sorts of clips and people were telling stories. And Matt, uh, Matthew Perry came on and did SNL and when Norm's in the cast. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've only seen, there's one sketch where he's <clears throat> being like a dick professor and Norm is one of the students and it's Norm just fucking crushes because he's being like ridiculous to Norm. And apparently he came in and was like, 
you know, we have to write a sketch or two. That's sort of in like Matt speak. And he's like, what's Matt speak? And they were like, well, he kind of invented his own way of speaking. <laughs> that's like really funny that he does on the show. Did you ever, you ever read any articles about how that actually affected pop culture linguistics? Like no. that character Chandler, like his, his speech pattern rubbed off on so many people. Interesting. Well, he created this. He's like, we need to do this on SNL. And Norm was like, what? He invented sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was his take on it. Like, that's not a, like, basically, it's not a, being, being sarcastic isn't, uh, that religion. I don't know. Just, it's funny, though, because that is confirmed. That other people have been like, yeah. Yeah. The character of Chandler influenced <laughs> the way people speak. Okay, now we're going left. Uh, interesting. Like, so, like, it's one of those things, I guess that happens, like, after Will Ferrell and Anchorman... Our whole generation spoke differently. <laughs> yeah. People still speak di- speak differently. The, the, I don't know. People who try to downplay the effects that comedy can have on us. Yesterday I was hanging out on Thanksgiving with my little... My cousin's kids. And one of them has got to be like... Fuck, like six. And she... And she, she was messing with me. Because I was sleeping in their basement where they usually hang out. And she was like trying to intimidate me to not uh, like mess with their space. And she came over and was like, don't touch any of my stuff. I was like, okay, I won't quit. And she did the, the eyes like I'm looking at you. Like, you know, Robert De Niro does <laughs> yeah. in Meet the Parents. She, there's, there's no way she's even seen that show. But that joke was so like piercing to the culture that here we are like 20 years later and the six-year-old just knows it. That's just something that we do. It's funny. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Want to rewind back to <laughs> my friend's tangent, <laughs> yeah. which I was trying to relate to Adventure Time, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that show was pretty funny. Um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere now. I watched it several years ago, but... It's about, like, this British couple who are writing a TV series, and they get Matt LeBlanc to star in the American adaptation of the show. And because, you know, he's... But it's, like, actually Matt LeBlanc. Like, he plays a version of himself. Right. Like a heightened version. Yeah, so Friends exists in that universe, and this is, like, his post-Friends project. Uh, And he's known as Joey, so they rewrite their whole show and they kind of mangle it through that lens to cater to this goofball kind of character oh my god and one of the the big like points of reconciliation that the writers and matt leblanc have you know through their all their disagreements Uh is when matt leblanc tries to explain to them like you can't have this one character be a lesbian because there needs to be a will they won't they there needs to be a ross and rachel otherwise (laughs) viewers are gonna get bored yeah which is exactly the opposite of what we just described with it i know we're like thank god they didn't fall into that trap (laughs) hilarious i'm so yeah that's what and and were they kind of making fun of it in that episodes thing that you don't actually need that that was no they i think they it was sincere because you know then the the writers changed the plot to allow there to be a, a will they won't they thing with these two characters. Yeah. Okay, here we are. This is the spot for dinner. Okay, we have to go into here. All right, signing off until part two. Yeah. All right, so we're having dinner right now at Minnows with the three people we're meeting. Joining us for tonight's show will be Rob. Rob, will you say hello? Okay. <laughs> Last minute edition. Frequent guest of the show, Sean Harvey, was supposed to join tonight, but had to fly back for an urgent gig. Then we met up with some other buddies who I was going to say we're going to see another show, but that plan has been uh, abandoned. Uh, do, do you guys introduce yourselves to the audience and then give us uh, your your favorite canned food, since we were talking about canned food. Oh, my favorite what food? Canned. Oh, shit. So my name is Brian. My favorite canned food is probably Hormel Chili. It's got to be. 
Yes. Yeah, thank you. Who's in the chat? Thank you. My name's Ainsley, and my favorite food is also Hormel chili. Oh my god, disgusting. <laughs> A match made in Hormel heaven. Hormel heaven. It's a meaty heaven, for sure. We, we should also ask y'all uh, in the episode Incendium, did you see the snail? Adventure Time. It's the season three finale. Did you? No. I have not seen that. No. Okay. Well, have you? You have watched Adventure Time, though, Brian. Yeah. Not, not religiously, but I have seen it. Yeah. Okay. I've seen the first like two and a half seasons. Got it. What was your first impression of Adventure Time? Like, how did you find it? Who showed it to you? So I originally had seen like some commercials for it. And I was like, this show looks fucking so stupid. But then I had a couple people recommend it to me. I think it might have been you recommend it to me. And I was like, thank you. And I was like, okay, fine. If Nick Harvey is going to recommend it to me, I'll listen. I'll listen to it. I'll watch it. And then I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, yeah, this is good. I get it. I get it. And then I watched like the first, again, like two and a half seasons. Because it's not... There is some, like, absurd humor to it, obviously, but it's backed up with sort of heartfelt sincerity, which is why it's so good. Preach! Preach! Yes! Yes! A perfect encapsulation right there. Thank you. I went to school for words, so that's really good. Yeah. So, you're not going to see Kevin Devine tonight. We talked about him briefly in passing. That's okay. How many times have you seen Kevin? I have seen Kevin upwards of 12 times now, at least. Oh, you can take a night off. I can take a night off. Yeah. He, uh, he's playing his worst album front to back tonight, <laughs> and he's not getting on till 10, and we decided to just call it a fucking day. Kevin's going to hear this. I don't care if Kevin hears this. He should know to play his shows earlier. <laughs> We're in a post-pandemic world, people. We got places to be. Go on sooner. Jeff's gonna go on pretty late tonight too. Well, you guys but are committed. We're committed, and we can walk home. So that's true. These are different yeah. circumstances. Very true. Um, yeah. Well, you still made it into Greenpoint. That's true. Got to visit you guys. Hell yeah. Love you guys. Yeah. We had to meet. That's true. Yeah. That's true. What did you guys talk about on the phone that one time? Uh, Fiona Apple and her new in her new album. I remember that. So good. Fantastic. Fantastic album. Yeah. So now we get to meet in person. Yeah, I remember too. Bombshell album. And we were. Brian was trying to think if we we discussed David Byrne or David Lynch. I don't think we did. I don't think we did because I know you just saw American Utopia. And so yeah. then I saw David Byrne perform, I think, in, like, September of 2018, and it was definitely him, like, scrapping or, like, trying to put together that show. Oh, that's awesome. Where did you see it? Monmouth University in their gymnasium. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Cool place to see it. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't, Brian, you wouldn't be mistaken to think we did discuss that as we both yeah. probably like those things. Yeah. And as Eric said, I'd talk about the Daves. The Daves. Dave. <laughs> Dave and David. Yeah, Dave Two Ds. D and D. Hey, welcome back, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great wave for your podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for, for joining both. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to head to the show soon. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're walking now to the Warsaw. All right, Rob, we went to the Warsaw once, right? Yeah. Yeah, we saw Blood Brothers. Yeah, Blood Brothers reunion band. show. I wish yeah. I could have seen Blood Brothers live. I, I, think I, I think we've talked about this on the pod maybe a long time ago, mm-hmm. where I only got into Blood Brothers, like, right at the end. So I, I never really had an opportunity. <laughs> I just walked into a, a stoop. <laughs> this isn't as easy as it looks, people. Yeah, what year was that? Was that like 2014? What we got? 2014. 2014, right? Yeah. Yeah. God damn. That was a good show. They were good. It's a hard band to do a reunion of because it's just like youthful energy, the band. <laughs> yeah. Because I think there were two other shows that we were also going to see around that same time that just got canceled. 
What was that? Do you remember when we tried to go see At The Drive-In? Yes. And we're just like, we got there day off. We're like waiting in line. They're like, oh yeah, his uh, his voice. It's not good, man. <laughs> yeah. We had, we had it was really bad. They had actually started letting people into the venue. Yeah. yeah. And then they canceled it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> holy shit. I've had, I've played shows with, with, uh, without a voice. Yeah. I've absolutely lost my voice before shows and had to do the fucking show anyway and just tore up my voice even worse. Oh, God. We're talking about Cedric? Come on. Yeah. He, he, could, he could pull it off. He theoretically could. I guess it's... Yeah. I don't know. There was so much excitement. People what? were really mad. Why would they just, yeah. Why wouldn't they just do instrumental jam for like two hours and call it a Mars Volta show? I know. Or, or at the drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, when did that get rescheduled? Because you got to see the reschedule. I right? did. It, it was rescheduled, like, like... a year and a half later? <laughs> it was really far. Six, seven, eight months. Yeah. Like, so many... We went, and then, like, Bill came in, and then, like, I had people from work. And by the time I went, it was just me and Bill. Like, everyone else was like, yeah, I'm fucking done. I'm yeah. over this. <laughs> yeah. I, like, me, you, Bill. Yeah. Jim was there. Jim was Carter there. Carter was there, I think, on the first time. And I just couldn't go the next time. Yeah, it was like they rescheduled it for like a Tuesday or something. Yeah, that's what I think it was. And it's hard. But I think it's another band where it's like it was that band is all youthful energy explosion, you know? Yeah. And it's like it's hard. Yeah, that was was there another one that one got I canceled? thought there was one other one and but I might be it might have been someone else, but I thought we were supposed to see Flaming Lips one time and then something yeah. went awry. That sounds also correct. <laughs> um, and like something that would have happened. The good thing about Jeff, Jeff has the explosion of energy, but like he set himself up in a way that it's not just like, you know, twenty year old manic energy, which right. is like what the Blood Brothers are like <laughs> It, it, he can still do the thing and be like almost 40 so right. it's it's awesome that's like sets him up for longevity do you remember the first time you saw him? me? yeah Carter and I went to a church basement in Westfield, New Jersey in 2008 where they used to do is it down this way? I think they called Google Maps <laughs> um, I'm just making sure or point two away. Yep, this way. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yep, church basement, two thousand and eight. Um, bombed the music bombed industry. The music. It was I think they'd, they? They must have put out. So they put out like their first three or four records. Maybe Get Warmer hadn't come out yet. And uh, they used to do ska shows in the basement of this church in Westfield. And like the band Satori played oh damn with uh which was steve borth's band doing like trad reggae Dude, um and it was, it was i didn't know that they ever even did live shows yeah i i, I don't know it must have been a rare one but i did see but jeff they went up and i remember them trying to start the song and the the tempo was wrong and him and john were yelling at each other on stage and they were like visibly drunk and they they, they were and their voices are so loud you could like hear them over the crowd it was weird I was like well, who are these guys <laughs> and they're like hey where are you and then and then the drummer just, Mike just started trying to play and he was like stop stop fucking <laughs> god damn it and I was like this is like the best intro to a set I've ever seen <laughs> it just set the tone perfectly for the energy of it yeah what about you Eric the first time I saw Jeff, I technically don't remember. Uh, it, I mean, sometime in high school, ASOB. It's like all those shows kind of blurred together. Like, you know, huge, like, 10 band bills in, like, right. church basements. Right. Uh, you know, shows like... I mean, I saw bands like Patent Pending uh, a bunch of times back then, too. And, like, I don't really remember it. <laughs> yeah. Did you have, have you ever seen him before, Rob? I've seen Rosenstock, by, like, him once, and... Did you go with us when we saw him at, uh, Monty Hall? No. In Jersey City? No, okay. Which I wish I did, but... Yeah, me, Bill, and Chesco, and, um, Giancarlo and Phil, I think. I and they him. were all, they were all, like, Laura Stevenson fans. Because right. it was, a uh, Jeff and Laura Stevenson touring together, and I was... Which was, like, pretty interesting, because 
my gateway to her was through Jeff. Yeah. 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 I've seen Bound the Music Industry twice. Oh, I've nice. seen Laura Stevenson once, and I've seen Jeff once. Where did you see uh, Bound the Music Industry? Do you remember? Also, place random places in New Jersey that yeah. I don't even know if they have venue names. <laughs> like, is that like the church basement you were talking about? Yeah, I've been to shows there, but I don't oh, even remember. Nice. Na- I don't remember a name. <laughs> like the Unitarian Church in Philly, I know it because like it's kind of historic with its name. But yeah. there are m- multiple places where you're just like I don't know what this place is. I know. This wind is is brutal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You guys are just. You got. I'm gonna be overdressed once we get inside. Yeah, yeah I'm dressed for being inside, but not outside. Yeah. And it's mostly outside. We're right. <laughs> like right now is outside. Oh, I'm. I'm pretty sure this is going to be unlistenable due to the wind. I know. <laughs> All right. Let's pause. It's like, what is it? Like we're 18 mile per hour wind. We're something like my, my 20 mile per hour. Yeah, this is this is gonna be fucked. <laughs> okay. Our episode discussion. Yeah. Now that we're in, waiting in line. One, two, three, four. One, two, two three, three, four. four. <laughs> All right, just thanks. Yeah. Okay. So we're in line at Warsaw. It's the longest line I've ever seen in Warsaw, Warsaw history. Yeah. We're down. It's wrapping all the way around the block to Inger. This is a very prompt crowd. Most people in New York. I go to shows all the time. They, people know. They roll in like 30 minutes after yeah. it's open. Yeah. But, yeah. People are like, we show up for the headliner. We. I went and saw the Black Keys once at Barclays, and uh, KG Elfin was opening. Very popular band. It, the, it was like a third full for KG Elfin. I was like, where is everybody? All of a sudden, Black Keys are going on. They're in the first song. Full venue. I'm like, these New Yorkers are goddamn pros. I think Jeff fans are just like... Just da- on top of it. On top of it and down for the thing. When we saw Arcade Fire at Barclays, like the unicorns oh, had yeah. almost no one. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, and then they, Dean Deacon had almost no one happening. Yeah, that was insane. Also, because the unicorns were reuniting, it was like a big deal. Yeah. That was insane. They were good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. No one's here for this. I know. Uh, Dude, one time, one, when I saw Radiohead at, yeah. uh, what's that place? It's like in Camden, the PNC. Oh, PNC. Think, right? Or. BPNT Pavilion yeah whatever but Grizzly Bear opened for them Mm -hmm. and it was like right as that 2008 album was coming out the one with the V it's super hard yeah Vecca to Mist and just no one was like loving it like people were just like walking by with like nacho trays and Pepsis (laughs) the whole time it seems like such a perfect opener for Radiohead it was great it was like on their In Rainbows tour and it was just like nope we're we're just looking for our seats yeah I think this is gonna be this crowd will be far more generous to these openers. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're yeah. hoping to make it inside for a Jer set, uh, which starts in like uh, twenty minutes. Yeah, if that's if that's what they're sticking to. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, well, I was hoping maybe we'd run into some of the members of the Jer band, but maybe that'll wait till after their set. Yeah, they're probably getting close, which are some friends. Um, should we talk about the episode? Sure, so where, where'd we leave off? <laughs> yeah, so, Rob, I, I, I can't remember if you've listened or not, but we talk about an episode of Adventure Time every episode, but we go out no distinct order. So we are going to try to keep that going uh, throughout tonight and tomorrow, so we'll see how successful we are. We watched this episode where Finn went through a breakup. Or no, he really wants to get with Princess Bubblegum. She's not interested for... Um, a couple different reasons <laughs> and he's heartbroken so so jake's like i'm gonna go out and find you a new love interest and does he actually say that does he yeah. actually say i need to find, find you a new love, love interest yeah yeah he does it's weird <laughs> yeah it's a weird thing for a friend to say a pretty meta thing i guess yeah. for a, a character to say and uh he tasks bimo with watching over finn We'll get some funny bimo moments in this episode yeah and then he goes out and he goes out and he makes his legs super long. Um, you ever see, like, you never know, in Tim and Eric, where Eric and Tim are like, well, my legs are yeah. long. They're very, very long. It's, Jake, Jake is doing that with his stretchy powers. You ever see that? You like uh, Tim and Eric much, Eric? I, I had never really gotten to Tim and Eric because I didn't smoke that much when <laughs> Tim and Eric was popular. Dude, I remember, okay, there was one time we were smoking and i think we were coming back from jim's place 
and we stopped at your place to get pizza and watch Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> and it was the first time that I had seen Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and Master Shake was microwaving a cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it made me so distressed. <laughs> I, it was really upsetting. Um, yeah. And I'm doing like a slow watch through of Aqua Teen right now. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm in season yeah. five. And I, I don't remember when that episode was, but I've been waiting the entire time. <laughs> like, I've been, the last few months, I've been slowly going through Aqua Teen Hunger Force, just waiting yeah. for the cat microwave episode. Oh, my God. Because that's the only thing that's burned into my memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rob, you remember that episode, right? That ex- that exists. I can imagine yeah, yeah. him doing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's a show that reminds me of like a fever dream. Like I don't know if you've ever had that where you get a, such a high fever that you hallucinate, but that's mostly yeah. why I associate that was, with. That was like yeah. uh, little, like two nights ago for me. Oh, after the booster? <laughs> after the booster? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just Jake going out. <laughs> it feels... It's, is it just not a setting to do this in? <laughs> We're freezing outside. It is pretty cold. I know. I've like, seen that episode, but it's been so long that it's not pulling in my head. So yeah. I, I'm contrib- I contribute nothing. I know. Yeah. Where did we leave off in RNL? Some of my friends. We were talking about uh, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like literally friends. I was like, yeah. it's like, oh, like friendships? No. Friendship, the power of friendship. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm lost. Yeah, I mean, I'm the, cold. The episode was pretty good, but it was, it, it was weird. It made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. So he goes out in and to look, which is something. I get the wingman thing, where just like, yo, let's go out and you're gonna find a girl. I'm gonna wingman you. But to go out on your friend's behalf and be like, I will secure you a new girl, like a girlfriend, is uh, is a bit aggressive. Yeah. Pretty much all of Finn's, like, all the episodes where Finn is like trying to pursue a girl are kind of weird and a little creepy sometimes uh, yeah I didn't know about that I mean yeah this whole episode he's hanging on to a piece of Princess Bubblegum's hair uh, <laughs> which is really, it's a really weird, creepy it's a weird trope do people actually do that I guess so hold on to hair <laughs> yeah I never have <laughs> me neither but that's the thing that's like very common oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in in film and they like they like tape it into a book right I always see that often or yeah like a, a lock of their like a hair, lock of yeah, their okay. hair. Yeah. I guess that's something from literature oh sure that's <laughs> that doesn't be... mean it's any less creepy I know <laughs> I, I wonder if it also has something to do with that he's the only like I was gonna say the only human, so he doesn't know like etiquette on approaching females. But there are other males that do it. Like we see um, Mr. Pig and tree trunks, and we see the root beer floats. Like there are like relationships. Yeah, I mean in the traditional sense. They're all, they're all non-traditional. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess a pig and an elephant. It is an interesting point to bring up, though, that like. This is a world in which there are pretty much no role models. No. There are, There's no role models. Yeah. There are parents, but they're not necessarily role models. Hey, that's the truth right there. Finn's... And he doesn't know... And, like, I guess Joshua and Margaret, they seem to let them go at a very early age and not really give them much than, like, a 19... Like, 50s-style, <laughs> 40s yeah. upbringing, which isn't exactly, like telling them how to handle things of this nature more practical advice um yeah and even like the leaders aren't role models the heroes aren't role models like only i guess the friends are in this right yeah everyone's really just trying to figure it out for themselves is i i guess i guess that's a lot of the character development in the show which is pretty cool i like that because we're so inundated with uh, modern culture telling us about the importance of people and to pay attention to them or hold them in high esteem. So I kind of like the under, like the sneaky, listen to your friends, look at your community, look at yourself as a way of guiding where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. So, yeah, so Finn. Which feels intentional now that you bring it up that there are normal models and that's the way it is. I guess, I, I mean, I know that's a, that's a huge part of Princess Bubblegum's thing. Yeah, and why people dislike her? Well, I mean, she had been figuring out herself for like a thousand years, right? I mean, yeah, all the characters make insane mistakes. They fuck up constantly, over and over again. 
And Finn's fuck-ups are kind of creepy in this particular... Yeah. You know. Well, I kind of like it because I think it also works in that, like, the way that men aren't taught to approach women, or at least until the modern era, I feel like it was completely... Right? Like, did you guys ever have... Like, there was never a talk on, like, how to appropriately watch, like, talk to a woman. It's just, like, you watch, like, American Pie and then just, like, try. <laughs> and you're just, like, fucked. <laughs> and, and everyone's gross. That's kind of how I felt in high school. <laughs> yeah, just, like, to the point where, like, I didn't even try. Like, yeah. it's just, like, oh, that's an impossible thing. It's impossible. I, I wasn't felt- taught this, this tool, so... That's how I felt in high school, and I fe- it felt gross. <laughs> I was definitely, like, I, definitely gross. I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Is and, there another example? Yeah. <laughs> how do you do this, but like not bad? <laughs> I know. I think I, th- I I hope that it's better in high school. I mean, you teach high school. Yeah. Um, no, there's kids are still just as awkward. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's like really bad to be next to kids like while they're like consummating their love for each other and I'm just like oh this is super <laughs> uncomfortable I'm like can you just just please do the work <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> please fill out your worksheet <laughs> I, I, I run a, like a D&D campaign in my class and like the two two of the kids like w- the, the boy clearly likes the girl yeah and he gets upset when she doesn't like help him in a fight or like do the thing so just like oh my god I'll just use the word Jeremy I'm just like Jeremy just like just let the characters do what they do yeah. <laughs> so oh man sometimes like, I get those random just flashes of being that age and doing something awkward and it just shocks you it's like an electric shock where you're just like oh fuck I, don't, I wish I didn't think of that right now but yeah how old is Finn in this episode 13 I think Probably. that's right I think yeah. that's right Bad age. Bad age. Yeah, and I guess the, the issue <laughs> is that Princess Bubblegum is supposed to be 18, even though she's like a thousand years right. old. Uh, and Flame Princess is also Finn's age, even Ooh. though I think Flame Princess is also like extremely old also. Right. 18 to 13 is not a good right. age gap. Well, <laughs> that is like an insane age gap. It is. And, and that's why... That's, that's like, why it doesn't work. Right? Yeah, Princess Bubblegum's like, no. I mean, she's also... Seems to be interested in Marceline and... Like, so that's a whole other thing, but the age gap really at this point is like Jake even says it in the episode, right? He's like, She's too old for you, man. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. How old's Marceline? Also, thousands years old, but uh, I guess the same age as PB, like, canonically. Yeah. I always think of her, I always think of both of them as like early 20s, although <laughs> I know she's like 18. I mean, they... <laughs> doesn't matter, really. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, they both have their own places, right? They do. Yeah, yeah. so that makes... Yeah, an 18-year-old rarely has their own place, but, like, an early 20-year-old does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, okay. This line is moving. I think... This is feeling hopeful. Oh. That's good. All right, my hands are getting cold, Eric. I think we yeah, should pause, pause recording. All right. Let's see you inside. <laughs> All right, we've made it inside the Jeff Rosenstock show after a long outside. Jared just finished, and now we're sitting here with some buddies. We got Rob is here, of course. We just met. What was your name? We just met. Oh, I'm, I'm Nick. Nick. Oh, yeah, Nick's. Nick yeah, and Nick. We are synced. And then big fan. Uh, it's so good to meet you in person. Cat. Long-time listener, first-time caller. It's so loud, Oceanator just started, so I hope this is, like, audible. Uh, If not, well, we'll get you back on, Kat. uh, Right, so, Nick, you are a confirmed Adventure Time fan, is this correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I was Finn for Halloween. You know, a grown man in a Finn costume that's all spandex, pretty funny, good shit. That's and, my, my life. And, you, and you're wearing an Aquabats tank, and oh, you've yeah. got the, the, the checkerboard face mask. You are the demo. You're the guy for this. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you got to go big or go home, right, guys? Yeah. And I want to just paint me the picture. Kat, you've got a fantastic uh, pentagram gritty shirt. Oh, yeah, I do. Where, Absolutely. Where did you get that? I got it from my sister at Fest in Florida, in Gainesville. Oh, wow. Who got a hookup. 
Any highlights from Fest? Because we did not get to go. Um, Fest is great. I didn't go this year, but my sister went and sent me a picture of the merch. So I made oh, her okay. buy it. Okay, I got me. it. I got it. But yeah. Um, You've you been to Fest in past years. Yes, yes, I have. Fest is amazing. If you're gonna go to Florida, go for Fest. Hell yeah, that's my motto. You, you ever, you ever catch, uh, you ever catch Jeff at Fest? No, no, I missed him by a hair. Ah, damn. Yes. So uh, sad. So sad. Yeah. That's cool. I'm, it's good. It's great to meet you. Great to be here. Uh, you too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Eric. Eric, join in the circle. I, I, we're doing a little. Like a what's up? Okay. Uh, yeah. Is it, so Kat's got an awesome Groody shirt on. We're talking Scott. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I just did an exclusive interview with Matt Ellis. Oh hell yeah. We're we're we're, we're covering some ground here right now on on, on separate uh, recording excursions. Um, what what else what else should we ask them? Did they see the snail? Oh I don't know. I, what was that? Did you see the snail? Oh, there we go. <laughs> you get the congratulations theme song, Kat. Looking in the scenery throughout the land of ooh. Eli's in wait for me and you. We saw the snail. We saw the snail. We saw the tonight. I just have one question for you, Matt. Did you see the snail? Yes. He saw the snail. Where was it? We. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to call your bluff. <laughs> Got me! <laughs> Alright, right, Oceanator just finished. Slaughter Beach Dog is up next. Things are revving up. Alright. Yes, we're really revving up, Nick. <laughs> yes, now we are revving up. Huh. Um, so I just ran into friend Kevin here and a new friend here. Go on and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Craig. I'm his brother. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. Nice to meet you. In out there in the world. Yeah. So Kevin and I have a mutual friend in Mara. That's how we know each other. But fellow Jeff fanatic. Oh, yeah. Following him for years and years and years. He is our Lord and Savior. He is like an idol to us. So, yeah, obviously we'll be here. Yeah, I mean, it's just like we've known him for over 10 years, probably going to these shows like in random basements in Brooklyn, going across the streets and moving with them like yeah no matter what we're going once a year seeing Jeff we love Jeff hell yeah okay yeah. what was the first Jeff show y'all saw 
My first chef show was at the Knitting Factory down in um, downtown Manhattan. I don't know who else I was seeing. It was like a ska, like different ska bands. I I don't know if it was like the Living End, maybe, or like some like random punk bands. The Bomb Days. Bomb Days. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Old school, technically Jeff, but yeah, the old, like old, like throwback, throwback, but yeah, the minute, it was the connection, it was the energy, it was everything, it was everything that I didn't know I needed, and it was, it was everything. Yeah, we we both, I was talking about that just before, like the first time I saw, which was, there's like some sort of palpable energy coming off stage, which is just like, you can like, it's insane, you can't replicate it. Yeah, it's like it's like genuine connection to the crowd, and it doesn't matter if it's perfection. What did you say? It's not. It's not. It's, it doesn't matter if it's polished. It's just. Oh, it's, it's just the, yeah. the emotional connection to the crowd, and it's just like everyone can vibe with him, and everyone knows that we're there for him. And he's literally the voice of our generation. <laughs> All glory be unto our Jeff. I <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> And we are an Adventure Time podcast. You guys ever watched the show, Event the Cartoon? Only, only a couple episodes. Only through my friend Mara. Yeah, obviously. yeah same. she's a huge fan. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. I think yeah. we, we we do think there, there's some sort of spiritual crossover between the two. We, we we're getting better and better at finding the cross section of that Venn diagram of Jeff Rosenstock and Adventure Time. Okay. <laughs> okay. What are some? Uh, what have you found so far? Oh. It's more of a, like a state of mind. It's like the general vibe of Adventure Time, the general vibe of listening to Jeff Rosenstock's music. They seem to go well. Right. right. There's a sense of uh, enthusiasm for life, pop, um, uh, inclusivity. Like we're all in, on the party. Like there's no hierarchies at a Jeff show or it's in the Venture Time universe. Right. There's right. more to unpack here. We're going to have to do that. Right? Yeah. There's that unpolished quirkiness that I think is, you know, really particular to Jeff's music and the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think because of that, it's just like, it's very genuine in the sense of just like, the key is like a community and a connection. And I feel like, like at his shows, it's just, you feel that more at like other, because it's like at other shows, it's, uh, it's different like everyone like how we literally bumped into each other and we're just like just talking about positive experiences you know what I mean versus like if you go to like a Dropkick Murphy show or something like that it's a little more violent or like you go to another show it's a little soft like with Jeff it's such a well balanced of everything like you get a little sweaty you get a little banged up but like if you fall down people will literally like put a circle around you and pick you up you're alright like let's keep going you're a little blackout drunk you're a little sloppy it's alright like no one's gonna beat the shit out of you. Like it's it's all it's all love, you know. It's just like we're it's like it's okay if you fuck up. Like we're all here to help hey, each other out. Man, you, right. you, you nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. All right, cool. Well, it's great. Well, maybe we'll we'll do a sequel tomorrow at the. Uh, yeah, right. We'll do a part two. Part two. Yeah. Part two. All right. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're not ready to start. <laughs> They're not ready. Never mind, baby. <laughs> Straight from the horse's mouth. It's not happening just yet. Uh, John DiDominici has not been seen on stage yet, even though. The- <laughs> well, he, he was on stage earlier. He was okay. wearing a Hawaiian shirt of okay, some kind. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in a second. Now it is go time. I hope people uh, skank. Will people dance, Eric? Prediction? Yes. People will. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We're gonna dance. What's up, everybody?
All right, we are <clears throat> just minutes post the Ska Dream show. We're outside the venue, leaving right now. Uh, holy shit, that was great. <laughs> Honest to God, ear to ear smile bursted out on my face twice, effortlessly. Not not me concentrating on having a good time. Not me like doing my meditation deep breaths to be like, I'm present, I am enjoying this. Like, I have to in my adult life to remind myself that life is fun. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like the, the, just the, the, the raw, just having a good time with no effort, which is what we're all after. Uh, yeah, what a I, blast. I don't know if I, if I truly understood how important it was that Jeff Rosenstock play an all ska show in 2021 until I witnessed it happen, happening. Yeah. But on the other side of it, like, man, we just really needed that. Yeah. Like, the collective we. Like, it was just so important for humanity that that happened. <laughs> Everyone in that room was just elated. That was just the best time. That, that, this is the good. That's that. Ooh, let's cross the street real quick. <laughs> that is the good sky can be. You know, like that is the, the kind of the promise. <laughs> yes. In the face of a couple shitty years, things are still weird for everybody in that room, and yet we just had a fucking blast. I met a bunch of new people that are fucking awesome and love the Jeff fandom as much as I do. Yeah. I saw a bunch of friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, shout out to Kill Lincoln. Saw a bunch of their crew there tonight. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Behind Deadline. Saw Skyler. Just uh, we saw JT, and then yeah. JT was up on stage, of course. Oh, ASOB. Oh, so yeah. let's go nowhere. Was the fucking encore? <laughs> I really thought there was literally zero chance. <laughs> zero chance. Although, when they had the um, Saxon trombone player from ASOB on stage, I was like, okay, this might be in the cards. <laughs> but still. Yeah, it, it I, I, thought it, I thought it more likely that they were going to rework older Jeff solo era songs into ska, <laughs> uh, which they didn't do, but they played Rainbow. They fucking they played play Rainbow. Rainbow. I know. <laughs> The, the, the standalone version of Rainbow. Oh, it's getting windy. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a fun, fun, life-affirming. I know that people use that loosely, but just a totally joyous show. Yes. <laughs> no other way to describe it. Uh, yes, Eric. I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. Oh man. And just then... those, just those few. I don't know, man. Like, it's hard to describe. I, I see concerts. A lot. You play him a lot. Just those moments where it just something it peeks through from the other side. The joy, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like because you can think about it a lot and you can put yourself in the position to enjoy things a lot. But when it's all just coalesces and just it's all of a sudden you're just you're just enjoying it. It's I don't know. No. Moments to treasure. Like the the variants of ska styles on ska dream is all over the place and yeah, We're here again some of the yeah, some of the tempos are just like out of control <laughs> and and it's like it's cool because the music is awesome and frenetic uh but then it settles into like that like 150 165 range of bpm uh -huh. and the sky is just fucking perfect mid mid up yes. tempo that's that sweet spot where it's pushing but still grooving yeah like and it, it's not it's not so fast that you're losing the groove but also it's got the forward momentum yeah there are enough of those like moments where it settles into that during the ska dream repertoire where it's just yeah. like oh fuck yes i remember everything about this that i've loved Love. yeah, <laughs> that i have like, loved for the last right, 25 years right, this is what this is what brought me this ska and this is yeah, this is what brought me here. Is that feeling and but the, the masterfulness of putting in the different parts of ska, so that you know some ska bands, that's all they do is just that one groove that can kind of get right. Tiresome. Like that's Planet Smashers, for example. Right. Like they just live in that like 150 BPM mid tempo ska. And they do it great, and it's always a blast. But if you do that for 30 minutes, let alone an hour, <laughs> you kind of like say, so, <clears throat> I mean, that's what sets that's what sets Jeff apart. 
Yeah, and we 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 teased it before, but Kevin Higuchi just fucking crushed. Oh my gosh! Star of the set for me. Obviously, Jared killed it. Everyone was great. Uh, Damn podcast, fucking Glockenspiel. Yeah. <laughs> we had a Rick Rick Johnson, uh, Rock and Roll Machine. Is that what it's, his project's called? Uh, yeah. Doing Mozilla. Uh, yeah. Oh. Ear to ear smiles. I can't wait for tomorrow. But also, I was like, even we're gonna the, do it all over again tomorrow. If, even in the moment, I was kind of like, fuck. I hope they pu- pull out just like a couple ska numbers for tomorrow. <laughs> I know I'm, that they right. won't because that was the point of doing the two different shows, and which is really cool. Um, but also, <laughs> I know I kind of wonder what the split in audience is going to be like. If it's just going to be a bunch of repeat offenders tomorrow that are going to want more Scott anyway. <laughs> or if it was just, like, absolutely, like, people that are not into Scott, that they just want to see the regular No Dream set. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's going to be a, uh, <clears throat> like, a, a moment in the set where we did the Scott <laughs> dream last night and it was so fucking fun that, like, we were like, you know what, we got to do at least a couple more tonight. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Um, walking up Greenpoint... There's a welcome to Great Point sign. Oh, Lake Street. This is a great bar if you want a nightcap. Well, we're going to debate this, but it's, it's happening here. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Adventure Heads. See you tomorrow. All right.